0: Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Richard A. Dotson, here with Garrett Price. How's it going? It's going pretty swell. And to my left, this handsome little brownie elf. How you doing, elf? Well, obviously, he doesn't want to talk today, so uh, Alf has to substitute in uh, for Matt because Matt's on vacation because he lives a life of leisure and luxury, so good baller. for him. Yeah, look for him. It's like Jared, our producer over there, too, going on multiple vacations in a month. Yeah. Ooh. What was this, like vacation number six uh, this year?
1: Uh, uh, three.
0: Three? Oh, must be good to be so yeah, rich. Three more than I have. Oh, so rich. Uh,
1: Four? Uh, Four if you uh, count uh, the Senior Bowl. Uh, oh, man. Uh, uh, then I have to count that, so no. Yeah. That's yeah. a work trip. <laughs> you, guys are wearing, you guys are wearing the same shirt.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twinsies. Well, friends do. well yeah. Matt's not here, so yeah. I'm trying to move up in the world.
1: Matt's uh, replacement will not be
0: talking the whole episode. He's just here for emotional support. If you want to see him, make sure you get to our YouTube channel, yeah. uh, youtube.com backslash Dynasty Nerds. Uh, you'll be able to see him. He's very beautiful. Uh, and while you're there, make sure you subscribe and like. We have a lot of good content coming there. We're going to really start pushing some unique content to the YouTube channel Ooh. here uh, for the football season. We'll have some, like, good buy, sell, some sneaky starts. Everybody likes sneaky starts, right? Sneaky. Have a little bit of redraft, but, like, dude, once you play Dynasty in season, it gets it starts to switch a little bit more, redraft a little it,
2: bit. It's basically, it's not exactly the same because the some of the trades you're going to make during the season it's are dynasty. different. But as far as, like, your week-to-week stuff, like, you don't manage a week-to-week team differently i'm talking about yeah i'm talking about starting wise like your starting yeah. lineup i'm gonna
0: yeah. i for like tv for like uh fox sports iron yeah. uh, valley sports like i do my not so obvious starts of the week
1: nice so how, yeah, i'll do some how, you YouTube. have a pretty
0: good hit percentage on this yeah it's like 65 70 percent nice crush for those little deep sleeper guys oh uh so make sure you check out the youtube channel
1: how do i check the stats on that
0: uh go back and look at all my previous episodes uh backlog fox sports oh he, he could be at
2: 40 percent for all we know i'm never gonna check
0: <laughs> you could tweet at ashley collins uh she's my co-host well she's the host i'm her assistant <laughs> she's my co-host she's on the show every day 365 <laughs> days a year she's my co-host shout Not out ashley collins to what's that no my wife doesn't know anything about fantasy i kick her ass when it comes to fantasy <laughs> unless it's redraft, then she'd probably I, win. I really I want Matthew Barry's rankings. I'm number one. Yeah, I want her to play in the league with you. Yeah, me too. We're gonna play a league this year for uh, the kids are never are fans really? of nerve play football. So we're gonna do a family league for the first time. There you go. So I'm gonna start getting my kids addicted to football right now. Because that's where it all starts. Like you just start playing fans and you're like, oh my God, what is it? I won? I <laughs> what? won? What I win? Is there gonna be money? What? what? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't playing for free? My time's valuable. So check it out.
2: Sorry, um, son, you're gonna have to do more chores to uh get in this league because
0: one thing more I wanna promote before uh uh, the YouTube channel too. If you want to meet every dynasty analyst that means a damn, pretty much. So basically, uh,
2: if you want to meet us,
0: August fifteenth, the Can Expo. All the dynasty Center staff will be there. Myself, no. Matt O'Hara, Garrett. Will the Jared, Elf be there? Nick. Uh, the Elf is way too heavy to bring. Okay. Um, Zach, a lot, our lot of analyst writers. guy, Dennis, uh, Bennett. For, you know, uh, yeah. also known as Fancy Round Trade, our, our fantasy editor. Uh, we will have a lot of people there, and then of course, like Dynasty Trade Calculator, DLF. Uh, Dynasty Trades HQ. Everybody, if you want to see Ryan McDowell, the, you know, the legend Ryan McDowell, he'll be there. Scott Fish. Scott he'll Fish be there. will be there. RotoViz with our friends, Curtis Patrick. They'll Tell be there. Tell
1: them what we're giving away.
0: Oh, and if oh, you stop yeah. by our booth, we're giving away a Yeti cooler. And not one of those little cheap Yeti coolers where it's pretty much just a fanny pack, a real deal Yeti cooler. And it's for Big free. Deal. So we're going to give gonna away. So stop by. I think tickets are 25 bucks. Hosted by the great Bob Lung, uh, Sunday, August 15th. And you get in there. Dude, they're, they're giving away so much stuff inside. Oh, there's like so much stuff. Deals for Dynasty and Redraft. You
2: got to stop by, Can Ohio. Come so, so I'll be wearing a Dyson shirt. Go get a high five. You get to hang out with your fantasy timeline, like your Twitter timeline. You just get to go hang out with. Yeah, it's going to be sweet. And if you're already a nerd
0: member, we're going to have some sweet stuff there for you for free. If you're already a nerd member, we can show it like some sweet gear. We're just going to give it to you. Like, here you go. Thanks for the Stickers, nerd shirts, and a chance to win a Yeti cooler. And you're going to get a high five from me personally. So check it out, Can Ohio. Fly in, drive in, walk in. I don't know. Whatever. Skip a little. Loop. Walk. We could almost walk, Jared. We're yeah. close. Yeah. I mean, maybe you're living in Egypt. You could ride a camel. You could start. Leave now. <laughs> leave now. So let's get in our show because today we're talking about the A. Oh, NFC West. We're doing AFC a- West on a nerd herd show. We're gonna flip right. it. We're gonna flip the script. But before we even get to that, I got another thing to promote. Another. I know one. you're like, dude, what's going on here? I'm here to get dynasty information, but you guys are just promoting things left and right. But that's DynastyDepot.com. That's right, DynastyDepot.com. You've heard about me talk about it a 100 times so far this summer. But here's 101 and why you get to at DynastyDepot.com. It is pretty much like eBay for FFPC teams. And remember, this ends in August. This is your only chance to get in here. And right now, you can get their yearly subscription with the promo code... Nerds N E R D S for fourteen ninety nine a year. And you can check out what you're getting before you even pay for that and look at all the teams for sale. And what it does, it gives you an opportunity to go on there and buy FFPC teams for even more than a buy-in because the team's prepared to win now. Right. Or less, like a $1,000 team for 50 bucks because the team's do do butter. But you're such a good drafter. And you listen to Dynasty Nerds Podcast, you're going to crush the rookie drafts. And pretty soon, you're for $50, bucks, you are going to win $10,000. And you also have a chance to win $500,000 in the FFPC Ooh, Championship if your team does money. well. You can win prizes. Flip Dynasty Team for profit. Riff. Just, just so much stuff. You can go, go on DynastyDepot.com. Get there today. DynastyDepot.com. Use the promo code NERDS. I promise you're going to love it. It's a great thing to use the Dynasty Nerds Mock Draft Tool for. <sighs> local every app store. Local every app store. Local. It's <laughs> local to you. Yeah, local to your phone. On who your goes, phone. Who goes somewhere without their phone? It's true. Yeah, it is true.
2: I yes. saw somebody the other day like, everybody's so worried about the vaccine, like having like chips implanted into you to like oh, figure gosh. out where you're going. And then like, but doesn't everyone have phones that already do that? Dude, that you That's can play with point. anything
0: that makes my life easier. I don't even care. I got nothing to hide. Well, I guess some things to hide, but don't ask me about them. All right, let's Let's go to the
2: L.A. Rams, (laughs) NFC West. Jared comes back one week's all sassy over here. Sassy?
0: Quarterback, Matt Stafford. Who's the backup quarterback in L.A.? I didn't write that
2: down. Uh, Here, I got the depth chart right here. Backup quarterback in L.A., John Wolford. That's who it is. Running back, Cam Akers. Was Cam Akers. Oops, there goes the knee. Daryl
0: Henderson, Xavier Jones, Jake Funk, their fifth-round pick. At wide receiver, we got Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Tutu Atwell, Their second overall, second round pick. Also, their first pick. They didn't have a lot of picks. Um, Still don't get that um, one. He's only 155 pounds. What's there to worry about? And they signed Deshaun Jackson. They have Van Jefferson. They have uh, Ben Skouronek. Seventh Seventh round round pick. pick. Yeah, six foot three. At tight end, they have Tyler Higby, Bryce Hopkins, and they also signed Jacob Harris, uh, who was a wide receiver, who they converted to tight end in the fourth round. Um, He was a wide receiver, only played nine snaps at tight end, but whatever. So let's talk about the Rams. At the top, um, let's talk about Matt Stafford because the Rams have been a team that have not been able to throw the ball downfield at all with golf. I mean, everything they did with him was short, sweet, right? Like, mm-hmm. here it is, get with it. Even that provided high-end wide receiver production out of guys like Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, two very valuable fantasy football and dynasty fantasy football yep. assets. And when they go out and they trade for St- Stafford, that all changes, right? That changes the whole Playbook because Stafford can get the ball downfield because Jared Jared Goff was just knocking the ball downfield and not only that Jared Goff was also terrible under pressure where Matt Stafford was not terrible under pressure where Goff was at the bottom of the world Matt Stafford is at like top five when it's called right. talked about throwing the ball under pressure so Sean McVay who in the NFL no in the NFL no or when you talk about Sean McVay you, you think of like hey this guy is really smart play caller like he's up there with. Yo, the Sean Payton's, the Sean McVeigh's. We're talking about Sean McVeigh. Uh, (laughs) Kyle Shanahan's. He's up there with himself. You
2: know what I mean? He's like, hey. He's so smart. He's almost as good as him.
0: Hey, self, high five. Like, yeah, (laughs) number one, pat on the back. So, Matt Stafford, what do you think here? Like, does it benefit
2: Cooper Cup? Does
0: it benefit Robert Woods? Does it
2: benefit everybody? I mean, overall he's just a significantly better quarterback. I was listening to the uh, athletic podcast and they're talking about how the beat reporters are kind of surprised with how good Matthew Stafford is. It's like, yeah, he's always been good. Like he's always been good. He's just been in Detroit and he's been hiding behind some, some terrible teams and you know, some, some inept wide receiving cores at times and he's battled some injuries. So he's just been out of the spotlight ever since it was him and Megatron just lighting up the world it's it's been kind of underwhelming at overall there. It doesn't mean he was necessarily a bad player. It was just a really bad situation or a really bad team. Very I, bad team. Very I, bad team. I, I think with with him going over to uh to the Rams, obviously I think everyone is going to benefit. But I think what I'm looking for the most is who are going to be like who are going to be those players that get down the field more? We talked about it in some of our buy and sell episodes and why we were so high on, you know, Robert Woods was, you know, my buy once again, even though he's undervalued every year, he's still once again undervalued this year. Four years straight, I said in this podcast, Robert Woods is value. Now the world's cut up. Yeah. And the funny thing is, he's still being undervalued. Like even though everyone knows it. They still draft him lower than they probably should, but the A dot, the average depth of target for Cooper Cup and Robert Woods are both bottom 10 of people that have 30 or more receptions. So it's just, it was kind of almost gross how underutilized those players are. Now, I don't think much will change for Cooper Cup. He is still more of a possession receiver. He's not as much of a big play guy. But Robert Woods is the one that could see some things change. He'll still do some gadget stuff around the line of scrimmage. He'll still do some of those slants and things, the coastline of scrimmage. But he has the ability to get downfield and make some of those big plays. So I think he's the one of those three weapons that benefits the most, but then even some of the you know the the third and fourth string guys the Van Jeffersons the two Atwells the Deshaun Jacksons they will even have moments of viability which they wouldn't have before under Jared Goff but they will now with Matthew. Yeah,
0: Stafford. and look what they did. They bring in a guy like Deshaun Jackson. They, they with their only one of their only draft picks, their first draft pick. They bring in this super small. Uh, careful when, when the wind's that. blowing too hard, you might blow away Tutu Atwell um, at 155 pounds but he offers really legit speed. So this is just on Jackson. So the two receivers they bring in are guys that could stretch the field. Mm-hmm. So obviously mcveigh has got a plan here. He wants to stretch the field. And where I think this is going to help out is when you stretch a field, what are you going to do? You're going to do a little bit more play action, right. right? When you do a little bit more play action, that's going to open up the middle of the field. So now that you have Cooper cup, you have Robert Woods, you have guys like Deshaun Jackson, uh, two to out. Well, you're probably going to run a little bit more, even more. So maybe some 10 personnel out there at times, um, it's gonna open a little bit for you. Which, you, one, you mean like thirteen personnel with, no ten personnel. It's like four receivers on a field. Isn't ten personnel four receivers or is that five receivers? No, it's,
2: it's over. no. Hey, yeah, it would I'm be. Sorry, t- it would be ten, 10 personnel. Is four receivers. Yeah, that's what I just yeah. said. My fault. My yeah. fault.
0: You're second guessing. Yeah, my fault. You're the co-host now. You're the co-host. Sorry, I was, like, sorry. I was <laughs>
1: making a draft pick. What about your drinks.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> So what it's going to do? It's going to open I'm up probably up in one of the, the leagues, middle dude. of the field, which will help <laughs> Daryl Henderson a little bit here too. But what what well, I think a big name here that we're not talking about? Everybody's talking about Cooper Cup, Robert Woods. We don't even need to sit here and talk about those guys. They're already well respected in fantasy football and the dynasty community. Everybody's right. caught up to Robert Woods. Robert Woods. Well, you know, I think worst case of wide receiver 13 again this year right there. Right. Cooper Cup in the same range exactly. uh, with McVay. Definitely with the loss of Cam Akers. Uh Darryl Henderson slide in. Daryl Henderson looked okay last year. 154 touches, 703 yards, but he averaged five point yard, five point one yards per touch. He had six touchdowns. So he'll be just fine. He'll probably be a mid-range running back too right. in this offense. But I do expect him to throw the ball more. And the one person that nobody is talking about that we should mention here is Tyler Higby. I think with the more play action here, opening things up with the speed on the outside um, with with, with Daryl Henderson back there as well, it's going to open a field a little bit more, which is going to benefit Tyler Higbee, the tight end, which they did did get away with. McVay did go back to run a little bit more 12 personnel Last year as well. Because remember, Van Jefferson started off the season, his rookie year, the first two games, he was utilized. Right. And the just thought he wasn't ready. So they reeled it back in and then he almost didn't he was almost unrecognizable for Towards the, the rest of the season. year. Yeah. But with the play action, then you take out Gerald Everett, who signed with Seattle Seahawks. This makes Tyler Higby pretty much a lone weapon here at tight end. And we go back when um back in 2019 at the end of the year. Remember how hot he
2: was he in had that offense? Five, five straight games over 100 yards. We're talking Rob Gronkowski, Travis Kelsey. None of those guys have ever done that. So the the ability is there for him to be able to have monster games.
0: And I remember they signed him to an extension, even though they drafted Gerald Everett behind him. That was McVay's choice at tight end. Tyler Hibby comes in. He gets the extension here. So I think that one quiet guy nobody's talking about, if you're in a tight end premium league, or you need help at tight end. I think some value there is with Tyler Higbee for the upside and for what you're paying for a tight end. When you are talking about premium tight ends, a guy who finished his top five fancy tight end in 2019, which was pretty much at the end of the year is right. where he did it, where Jill Everett where wasn't much of, of a factor, that's where the value is. I mean, if you can get Tyler Higbee for a second-round pick, that's a really good add to your dynasty team when you can never have enough depth at tight end Or just have a valuable asset there as a backup.
2: It it could easily be one of those situations we saw two years ago with Austin Hooper. And, you know, is he the is he better than Travis Kelsey? No. But up until his injury, Austin Hooper was the number one tight end in fantasy because he was getting a lot more opportunity than he got at any point in his career. Yes, Julio Jones was still here. Yes, Calvin Ridley was still there. But it was a high-flying offense, and he was really utilized. That could easily be what we see from Tyler Higbee this season. Yes, Robert Woods will still get his. Yes, Cooper Cup will still get his. But especially with the injury in the running game, and I would assume that would mean that they're probably not going to run quite as much because Sean McVay's already kind of hinted at that he's worried at some of the workload for Henderson. I'm sure we'll get to him in a second. But I, I would expect them to throw the ball a decent amount, and, and he could easily become one of those guys right outside of Kelsey Kittle and Kel- and um Waller.
0: Yeah, I mean he he will be up there. I don't predict him to get in that top 5 range. I think there's just too much talent over there. But when you look at the those guys like you mentioned like Kelsey, Waller, Kittle, Mark Andrews, Hockinson this year will fall in into their um that category is Targets. You mentioned targets. How, you know, not only you can you do stuff with those targets. You can be at you know Austin Hooper going back. Austin Hooper wasn't the most athletic, but he nope. was targeted heavily. Yep. And those guys. I mean, Darren Waller leads his team in targets. Travis Kelsey's right up there. Mark Andrews forever. Now for the last couple of years, was the only reliable receiver on this team. We all expect T.J. Hawkinson be the number one targeted player in this offense for Detroit. So, this this doesn't mean Tyler Higby will be the number one targeted player on this team. No, but I expect with the, what the offense are going to run how they're looking for the speed on that side, which is going to lead a little bit more play action. It's just going to open up the middle. And Tyler Higby should be the main benefactor of yes. that middle, which would bump them up to that 75 possibly receptions, 80. And when you get that high on oh, receptions... he's up
2: there, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's over. That's
0: a lot. they got to throw the ball out, which I expect the Rams to do this year. If you get up to 75 receptions at a tight end, hell, if you get to 65, you're a top you You're eight. in great shape. You're top eight fancy tight end. And right now, you don't have to pay... Top eight fancy tight end for Tyler Higby. If you're doing a startup draft, Tyler Higby is going well after. I don't say I don't know the ADP in front of me, but he's going well late after these other tight ends, and, that, and I just think there's really good value
2: there. In, in 2019, he had 69 receptions, and that put him all the way up to five. So if he even just touches 70 receptions, it's gonna be it's gonna be a really big year for him.
0: Yeah, so it, it, I, I expect Tyler Higby is probably the best, and that was only value. on three
2: touchdowns as well.
0: Okay, that's gonna be a little bit. Oh, you got Robert Woods on the team. I think of all the Rams, like if you go to buy a Ram player right now, Matt Stafford, Superflex, too expensive. Cooper Cup, probably not too expensive, but like I don't know if I want to pay the price sure. for him. Robert Woods, you're paying arm and leg for. Daryl Henderson right now with no Cam Akers, his value is out of control. So sure, if you're looking for the best valued dynasty asset on this team right now with youth and some longevity on that contract, it's gonna be
2: Tyler Higby. I, I do think I do think uh Van Jefferson's a sneaky one as well that eventually, you know, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, he could he could easily fit into either one of those roles. Yeah, we
1: just have to make so, sure. Sorry, I got Higby's ADP on Sleeper's latest published um, ADP sheet, and he's going as tight end 18 super flex Leagues. Yeah, that's crazy to me.
0: That's crazy to me. Yeah. Um, we're that's where the upside is. I just think it's really good value right there. And you mentioned Van Jefferson. I like Van Jefferson a lot. Very savvy route runner, some pretty good hands. Mm-hmm. I want to see how he's utilized this year because – yeah, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, they're getting a little bit older. They dropped the 2 2, two Atwell. I want to see what, the, like, he's got to show something here soon for him to be any kind of long term dynasty asset. Otherwise, he just turns into, um, I'm trying to think of a good comparison. Somebody who would be of his stature. I don't, it's, it's not going to work time, but somebody who's a very good NFL player, like, a solid for the NFL team, but not really a huge fantasy asset. Like I Stone like Ben Shepard. I, yeah, like Sterling Shepard, like a low-end wide receiver three. Sometimes he's wide receiver sure. 38. But I do like Van Jefferson a ton. Right. Very good route runner. I think he's a good asset. I don't like Tutu Atwell whatsoever. Helps the NFL team, not a dynasty team. And DeTron Jackson could be sneaky this year with Matt Stafford. If,
2: if he can stay healthy, that's always the issue with him. But best ball type of league, I think he'd be worth a flyer for sure. Uh, let's let's touch on these running backs real quick before we leave. I know we, we talked about Cam Akers the other day at the beginning of the podcast and the injury. We, we touched on some of the other players. One of the interesting bits of news that, that I heard today is it doesn't sound like Daryl Henderson's really going to be playing much of the preseason. They're a little bit concerned about him. So this is going to give us a really good uh, idea about players like Xavier Jones, about Jake Funk. We're going to get to see them get quite a bit of opportunity in these preseason games. And who knows what can happen? We, we've seen it before where the third string, the fourth string guy, ends up becoming the guy because the main the starter went down. And you never know what could happen. So I, I I do like Xavier Jones quite a bit. I just did a, a video on YouTube about him, actually. Oh, you did? I did.
0: Yeah, check it out on YouTube. It's, it's some of that content. And I remember very specifically our producer, Jared uh, Wackerley, he texted me at one point. We we're doing the scouting process for rookies late in the season. He's like, hey, have you watched tape on Xavier Jones yet of SMU? And I'm like, no, I haven't. He's like, wait till you check him out. He's a real nice prospect. Real shifty, can be involved in the passing game. I watched his tape, and I, we when we saw each other the following week or talked to each other, I was like, yeah, dude, you're right. Like, he's a real nice prospect. And he was the guy we said last week on a podcast, hey, go check your That's waiver the wire. The guy you really want to pick up for value is going to be Xavier Jones. Because it's most likely going to be a timeshare with Daryl Henderson. Any, anyways, James Funk's just an okay prospect. He's not a, he doesn't have four two three speed. We found that out. <laughs> but Xavier Jones is a real nice running back. And it wouldn't surprise me with his talent if he's that sneaky guy, like that that James Robinson that came out. In this offense, however, I mentioned everything's going to open up in the middle uh, of the field, where there's a running back here that could turn into a sneaky running back too. Just an opportunity on carries alone is all they're going to need in this offense, to the way it's going to run. Xavier Jones is probably the best bang for your buck right now.
2: Yeah, absolutely. He's got tons of upside. And it's surprisingly, despite them not investing any assets at all into their offensive line. Uh They were terrible two seasons ago, ranked 31st by PFF, but they made a big comeback last year. And, and, and this year PFF has them ranked as the eighth best offensive line. So that should open up some decent running lanes. We'll see. It's a much older offensive line. Their best guy, Andrew Wentworth, is, I believe he's 39 years old. So yeah, it's
0: pretty old for an I saw, offensive I saw tackle. him tweet today. He's like, it's funny that my NFL career could be get a driver license today. Oh my like, god! Look at this guy. Good for him. Wild. Good for him. So and, and like I said, I mean, I know I know our producer, Jared Wackerly liked Xavier Jones a lot just yep. on his college tape merit alone. So when there's a player like that that you liked, it's a small school late round draft, draft pick that you thought like, hey, if this guy gets opportunity, he might be able to do something. I get real excited because running back, all they need is opportunity. That's all they need. Because all they need is Xavier Jones to come out and
1: look good and everybody forgets about Cam Akers. Garrett, he finished as the RB10 in our nerd
2: score, didn't he? He finishes RB nine in our nerd score. RB9, he was he was exactly. ten in my personal rank, and I think he was also ten in yours. Yeah, um, but I don't know how all the numbers worked out uh, outside of that. But yeah, we uh, we had him as a top ten guy overall. It's upside.
1: The, he led the nation in touchdowns in college. And, and coming out,
2: I mean, stylistically from from watching him he you saw shades of a guy like a young shady mccoy and some of the things that he could do there that's some of the stuff that you saw with him he's not going to be this big physical bruising back like james robinson was last year but he could win that job with his elusiveness tackle breaking making guys miss things like that
0: yeah he's a real shifty running back Mm -hmm. that offers some really good upside and viable out of the backfield as well
2: yep Let's move on to the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona Cardinals
0: Cardinals depth chart. At quarterback, we have Kyler Murray and Colt McCoy. At running back, we have Chase Edmonds, James Conner, Eno Benjamin, Jonathan Ward. At wide receiver, DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, Rondale Moore, their second-round pick out of Purdue, Andy Isabella, and Keyshawn Johnson. At tight end, the worst tight end group in the the NFL by a long shot. I'm surprised they even have a depth chart spot for them. If... If you if you don't pay a lot of attention, you don't even know who these people are going to be. No.
2: You got Max Williams, who's the only guy you should know because he's a former second-round pick by the Baltimore Ravens. I'll be honest. This is something that we do. We do a podcast every week, do a lot of research. He's the only name in this tight end room I even recognize.
0: Yeah, Daryl Daniels, Ian Bunton. Like, what kind of baseball player is this? Get him out of here.
2: I have no idea who any of the rest of these guys are. When
0: I started doing the depth chart, just out of I'm like, oh, Dan Arnold's at tight end. And I was like, <laughs> he's in saw, Carolina now, yeah, I think. And then he's in Carolina. So yeah. I'm like, oh max williams no wonder they went and get all these old wide receivers and they, they signed all these wide receivers because
2: they don't have any tight ends and they are, couldn't care less which makes sense because um they're all gonna run four wide it, receiver it, sets the tight ends won't even be on the field hardly at all they,
0: they ran a ton of 10 personnel uh oh my god i forgot his name
1: all of a sudden the coach oh cliff king, 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 king for... yeah cliff I said one of those brain stunts did you hear aj greens moving to tight end you think you're cute. Yeah, that, 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 that'll work you're out cute. for me. All these wide receivers moving. The so tight end, end Max Williams Colin would have Benjamin. no benefit
0: there. And so let's go back. Let's start at the top with a guy like Kyler Murray because Kyler Murray is somebody who's, You know, when you talk about their running backs, even last year, they weren't really effective. You know, people are real hot on Chase Edmonds because he had a couple games that were okay. But I mean, Chase Edmonds is okay. He's going to have a shot to be the guy this year with James Conner who can't stay healthy. But all their ground games were really benefited by Kyler Murray. I mean, he was the main source for there. But what's weird about Kyler, too, is when he hurt his shoulder in week 11 on that first drive when he was playing Seattle, yep. um, he said he hurt it back versus Miami. But when he hurt it there, his uh, his rushing attempts all of a sudden cut in half. Which, when you come to Kyler Murray, who he doesn't have an accurate arm, but Kyler Murray's value in fantasy football comes with his legs. Right. Weeks one through ten, Kyler was quarterback one overall. Number quarterback one overall, not a, not a better quarterback out there. But from then, when he hurt his shoulder and he started cutting down his running opportunity, he was quarterback from weeks eleven through seventeen. He was quarterback fourteen overall. So he went quarterback one to quarterback fourteen. And what does for me when I look at Kyler, I'm really torn on him because he's somebody for me that needs to prove they get done through there. Like I said, he's got good accuracy. He was better in his sophomore year than his rookie yard, his rookie year. But I mean, his yards were two hundred more. His touchdowns, six. Uh, in air but I mean his biggest fantasy boost from this past year was on the ground because he had 275 more yards and he had 7 more touchdowns right. rushing the ball so for me this is a guy who's extremely talented he's come out back to back years of at least 64.4% completion percentage over 3,720 yards passing and at least 20 touchdowns and at least 544 rushing touchdowns he's the only quarterback to ever do something like that but if when you get quarterbacks like this that rely on their legs and it's strictly their legs, there's a lot of risk involved. It's why I'm kind of somewhat out on Kyler Murray because we just showed like he played, but if he's even banged up and he, with his size, they got to be even more cautious with him. So if he's banged up at all with his shoulder, like he played last year, he was quarterback 14 and they're going to reduce that back and take that away from him a little bit. Then, he goes from being that top three fantasy quarterback to a, a a regular quarterback to a a Derek Carr essentially. You know what I mean? And
2: yeah. if you look at the price tag of a Kyler Murray and Derek Carr, it's literally night and day. So for me, but it, on the on the flip side, we're talking about a guy that nearly with the injury nearly threw for 4,000 yards, yes. and nearly rushed for 1,000. Impressive. He, he could easily eclipse both of those marks this season. We could be talking about a guy that throws for 4,500 yards and rushes for 1,200. 100%. Absolutely. So, I mean, it's it's all about the risk versus the reward. It's do you want to go for that crazy upside or do you want to play it a little bit more safe? And that's, that's really where it is with Kyler Murray. I don't know that it, – and it's so tough to project whether or not injuries will occur. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I understand what you're saying at the – they're going to be more cautious with him no, if they do. But
0: no, it's, it's hard now. It's not as hard to project. Is more likelihood to get injured than not. And I think sure. when you go to that scale, you start talking about quarterbacks. Who is the most likely to get injured? I mean, Kyler Murray's got to be at the top of the list because even Lamar. I mean, Lamar doesn't get hit as much as Kyler got hit.
2: But Kyler does it. Kyler does a good job of eluding hits. He slides very well. He has that he baseball background. I'm. I think I'm. I think I'm a little more confident in you that with him being able to prevent injury than some of those other guys. Cause even like, you know, the bigger, more physical running quarterbacks like the Cam Newton backs back in the day, even Josh Allen, like they'll bold those guys at times if they have to. Like Kyler Murray is not trying to do that. Now he's gonna get caught off guard at times. He's gonna get sacked at times. Like those things are going to happen. But I think as far as the the manufactured hits, I think he does overall a good job of getting out of bounds, sliding those kind of things when he needs to. So I'm I think I'm a little more willing to bank on the upside because of that.
0: Those Russian at quarterbacks have a history of not producing long-term. They just do so far. And it, again, I try to go off of history. You know sure. what I mean? Like, what what have I seen? You know, you get guys. Lamar Jackson's just a special. Kyler Murray's a really good rusher. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson's a special runner for, with the football. Sure. So for me, for Kyler Murray, I just don't think, for where you have to take him and what his value is right now, that's just, I don't think that juice is worth the squeeze. There's a lot of risk because, Where's that risk most likely going to come and hurt you the most? It's going to come at the, end of the, the year, end of the season, right? Sure. And what I'm worried about, this is what they're going to do again. Not if, if like, not about him producing. Like, even when he's on a field, I still think he's going to produce. I think he's got he's accurate enough, but I need to see more through the air with him. The 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 show that he could be that just past the ball as well. He's not relying on his rushing yards because if he's a little bit banged up, and they're just going to hold him back from rushing, mm-hmm. which eventually they're going to have to do with him, no matter right. what. That brings a little bit of a concern for me. He is under six foot, and that risk. That injury concern is, it's a big concern for me. So if I'm in a super flex league, a, re, a, a one QB league, I'm not worried about it. I could I could draft a guy in the second round or a play. Sure, will might well him take out. the upside. But if I'm in a super flex league, which is one of the most large, largest growing platforms to play dynasty fantasy football today, and most new leagues start in that format, then I would personally be looking to sell Kyler Murray at peak. And here's why. It's because Kyler Murray right now is considered a top three Dynasty quarterback, essentially, in Superflex, right? Like, he's arguably up there. you go Pat Mahomes, you go Josh Allen, and then, more like than not, it's going to be Kyler Murray in that mix. So for me, how is he ever going to surpass peak value now? And basically, what I'm looking at is, like, what quarterback could I flip that I think would be equal value to that? Can I get Trevor Lawrence plus? Can I get Justin Herbert? Maybe even Justin Herbert, maybe a little plus? Could I... Can I flip him totally for a guy like Josh Allen, who I think could sustain more hits, um, who's gotten better every year with his accuracy, and he's Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott, Josh Allen's done exactly what I want Kyler Murray to do. Show they can get it done with his arm. We talked about him last week. Uh, so some of those, like I still like Kyler Murray. I don't know if I love the window as much in in as in dynasty, and in a superflex league, the value of the quarterback is the length of the play, right? So if I'm somewhat worse, we talked the same thing about Lamar Jackson uh, a couple months ago. You know what I mean? So like, if I, we talked about selling him because of that same concern. So that concerns there again. I don't think this is a bad player. If I think that window is shorter, why wouldn't I just move to somebody who is close enough to that value, if not higher? Justin Herbert. If Justin Herbert finishes quarterback one overall, it wouldn't shock me in the least. It surprise me. So if I can make that move. And just give me a little bit more reassurance. That's all I'm saying. Because I think Kyler Murray right now is peak value. I don't think Kyler Murray will ever pass the value he is now. If anything, I think there's other people that will pass him. Guys like are studly, like Baker Mayfield, <laughs> um, Trevor Lawrence out there. So that's all I'm saying. I'm not, it goes sure. to that, I like the player. I think mm. he's talented. I'm worried about that consistent production. The best ability is availability. Sure. And, I get that. I, and I'm worried about Kelly so That's what that's just how I feel so, about so it. So
2: if you're concerned about him, how do you feel about these receivers then? Are you still all I know you're one of the biggest DeAndre Hopkins fans, or at least were. Um, are you still all in on Nuke? How are you feeling about AJ Green, Rondell Moore, all of these guys?
0: Uh I, I wasn't a huge Rondell Moore fan, but you know, they brought him to play the slot. So and obviously they've had some they have had some plans here for the slot because what do they do? They take Rondell Moore in the second round. Before that, they took Andy Isabella in the second round. Before that, they took Christian Kirk in the second round. And those guys offer a little bit more speed – where they'll spread the field, and Rondale plays more closer to the line, but they're looking for that really good slot receiver. So I, does, I do like I do like Rondale Moore's opportunity because there's nothing else besides him and Nuke, essentially, because I think Isabella is no fancy option whatsoever. I think Christian Kirk is trash for fantasy football. I've said that forever. Yeah, so yeah. I think they, and they, they've they, been specifically looking for that slot receiver, and they keep investing second-round picks in them. They do. So that means they're looking for something until they find it. And here we are with Rondale Moore, three strikes, you're out. So I'm hoping this is at least a, a base hit. With Rondell Moore. Right. And obviously, DeAndre Hopkins is somebody who I love. People were worried about that tweet. He's like, oh, this might question my NFL career. He then deleted the tweet. He did. What do you tweet afterwards? Y'all crazy. I plan on playing for nine more years. That made my nipples so hard. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my it's like I might have been walking around in Antarctica. You need some diamonds cut? I'm I'm there for you because I got so excited I had to get some duct tape around my midsection. Because I own so many DeAndre Hopkins shares because yeah. I think he's one of the best receivers I've ever seen. He is great. And what I love about DeAndre Hopkins, who's we've seen his ADP slip a little bit. And I think I talked about this like four or five months ago. It's like, dude, I don't know why DeAndre Hopkins keeps slipping. I mean, he's still elite. He's still 28 years old. He had 115 receptions for 1,407 yards and six touchdowns. He got 30% of the team's receptions last year. And who do they go out and add? AJ Green, Rondale Moore at the
1: slot. ADP is wide receiver seven.
0: And ADP wide receiver seven, which I can live with that. Like, if you want to take AJ Brown, Justin Jefferson, some of the younger Calvin guys. Ridley, CeeDee Lamb, Tyree Kill over him. Like Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams. I can live with that. Like, I'm not arguing that. Like, I would probably take Justin Jefferson possibly over him right now, too. Not possibly him and AJ Brown over DeAndre Hopkins. I'd be really torn between CeeDee Lamb and DeAndre Hopkins because that's who I think CeeDee Lamb's gonna become. Could become DeAndre, him. DeAndre Hopkins. Sure. I don't even think. I feel very confident. I bust up my crystal balls right now, and they're going to be sweet and succulent. They're going to be like, "See, Lamb, future wide receiver one overall in Dynasty. Oh, sweet succulent balls. It's been so long. <laughs> it's been so long. But so I think Johnny Hopkins is still a high-end wide receiver one. I think he's going to do exactly what he did last year. 115 receptions, 1,400. Actually, his numbers going to go up because there's more games.
2: There's yeah, more games. he has another game, and six touchdowns isn't a lot for somebody Let's, that's getting that many targets.
0: Listen to these stats. Are you ready? Are you ready for this? DeAndre Hopkins, like I said, 115 receptions. The rest of the team, 143 receptions. DeAndre Hopkins, 1,407 yards. The rest of the team, 1,477 yards. DeAndre Hopkins, six touchdowns. The rest of the team, nine touchdowns. When you ask me how I feel about DeAndre Hopkins, I feel like he is that receiving now that's, offense. That's the rest
2: of the, the receiver core, yeah, 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 not the running backs and tight ends, but yeah. That's, uh,
0: There's a dip in value on there, and I'm, buy, I'm buying. Yeah. I am buying. Anytime you get this value of these players, we see it all the time, these older stud muffins, right? Guys like DeAndre Hopkins, Julio hit yep. that. Um, A.J. Green hit it, but then he hit it, and did, he just fell flat on his face. Like, he hit it. It's like, oh, he just kept,
2: couldn't get healthy. Speaking of A.J. Green, resurgence year, or is this more to do about nothing? I
0: don't know. More well, I, <laughs> I, I, I won't put a guy of his... His stature, I won't just put him out the pasture yet. Because right. he's still, there's a lot of things for him to be upset about last year in Cincinnati. Just like not getting that contract extension, playing on a franchise tag, he didn't want to play on it. He got hurt again early, didn't really want to come back as it was. So to me, maybe uh, playing opposite of a guy like DeAndre Hopkins with Kyler Murray could be a little bit of a resurgence. and kind of like one of those fake years where he's a wide receiver. three. Where Who else is catching balls? Here, like, who's going to be the I, main guy? I,
2: I think I think it is going to be a lot of DeAndre Hopkins. And I think they're going to do a lot of underneath stuff to Rondell Moore and possibly yeah. even Andy Isabella. I think the, the, they might utilize them in tandem in the slots there and do a lot of crossing patterns and things like that over the middle of Utilizer the field. Utilize their speed, speed and, and make up for the lack of a tight end kind of in the middle of the field there. I think they'll use those guys as more of the low dot guys to make plays. And especially with Kyler's mobility, yeah. um, I, I think he'll be running around the field. Those guys will get a lot of it. So I, I actually think Rondell Moore could have a very, very good rookie campaign just on that alone. But I see a hundred yard, rece- like a 65, 800 yard reception year out of them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Bring that ADP up at least. Yeah, absolutely. So I think, I think overall I'm going to kind of be, I don't know how much work they're going to get in preseason. It's hard to know with some of these veterans. But he's a guy I, would want, I want to watch and see how he looks. Because as of right now, I don't remember seeing him separate well last year. I don't remember now how disinterested in the game was he. He didn't seem motivated at all. It's, it's tough to say. But guys don't tend to get more explosive as their career goes on. With all of those injuries and just not looking like old A.J. Green anymore, it's tough for me to imagine – that he's going to be anything like he used to be. And if I'm Kyler Murray and I'm throwing a jump ball, I'm throwing it to DeAndre Hopkins. I'm not throwing a jump ball to AJ Green at this point.
0: I mean, the price, so like nobody wants to, everybody feels the same way about AJ Green. So, like, it's a good dart throw. Like, if you need like a four sure. wide receiver four right now and you can get AJ Green for a third round pick, I think people will give you AJ Green for a third round pick in a second. So, for one year, of a, if you're a contender, it's gonna be a late third in a 2022 draft on, on a dart throw wide receiver that could offer yeah. that upside for maybe a team doesn't want they they because listen, I don't think just run it, I don't think they're gonna be able to run the ball in Arizona. I don't. And I think I think after last year with Kyler, they're gonna be a little bit more protective. I think they're gonna throw the ball a ton. And I think they're gonna run a ton of per, ton personnel, which will help and AJ DeAndre Hopkins is getting all the coverage. so there, There's a small chance, a small chance, yeah. but a chance. The AJ Green can produce, and if I'm and I'm and if I'm throwing the darts on a on a third round pick, I can get for a receiver or some upside. Right. Why not do it on somebody on who's a potential Hall of Famer and the offense is going to throw the football
2: a ton? I think there's I think there's other players in that same range. I'd rather I get the point. I don't hate it, but
0: like who's in that range? Like, like oh, Marvin your,
2: Jones. Like I would rather go after Marvin Jones over AJ Green. That's fair, uh, but yeah, I'd rather, I, like it's that's fair too. Yeah, that's fair. I, think, I Jones. think those are the kind of guys that I would would go after. Those over are him. few and
0: far between. You know what I mean? Like those. That's the thing. I think. You say more guys,
1: there's very few guys that offer that. Sterling kind of Shepard, so I think, would be another around, one around his ADP, which is like wide receiver 87. It's crazy. Van Jefferson's right around there. Um, Brashad Perriman, Jacoby Myers. Uh, yeah, yeah I'll give you
0: Brashad Perriman for Daniel AJ Green.
1: Sanders could be nice. Yeah, so I said like Emmanuel Sanders upside there in
0: Buffalo, yeah, actually, Emmanuel over Sanders, him. Yeah. Another good dart. Though we talked about it last week, We, it's we another did. another good, like, same thing, like a third round pick, like he yep. falls in that category. Like maybe you approach the Manuel Sanders owner, he says no. Maybe you approach the Marvin Jones owner, he says no. Maybe you know, they yeah. He basically just falls in that category, is what I'm saying. Let's move on to the run game. Yep, shall we? Now, Kenyon Drake leaves. He leaves behind two hundred and sixty-four touches um for the Cardinals. And this is somebody where a team goes in where they had eight draft picks. They didn't do anything on the running back front. We thought for sure the Cardinals were going to draft one of these running backs. We thought I really did. Travis Etienne in, in Arizona was going to be sexy. We thought Javante Williams in Arizona would be great, right? We thought this was a spot for sure. Eight draft picks. They didn't sign. They didn't draft one. And not only that, they didn't even sign an undrafted free agent and running back. They brought nobody in. And right now the hot name in dynasty for the running back situation is Chase Edmonds. Nope. Yep. I'm selling Chase Edmonds. This is a guy. I mean, He's had a few games where he was the man, right? Right. He only topped 100 yards in one of those games. I mean, this is something. I mean, he's had some nice fantasy football production, but all his fantasy production mostly come in the passing game. He's somebody that thrives all his fantasy production in the passing game. He had the seventh most recept the seventh most receptions amongst running backs last se- season. He had 53. And he's somebody that every time he has got an opportunity, what has happened? He's been banged up, he's been hurt. Sure. Like every time Chase Edmonds was put, in but didn't position you be the hear that he slimmed up, up and
2: bulked up at the same
0: time? At this time of year, everybody slimmed down and bulked up. Slimmed down and bulked
2: up, and he did both somehow. Know, I don't uh, know
0: how. Oh, don't make me angry! Like okay, Hulkster. Um,
2: so I, I will me, say their offensive line has improved. Uh, they're they're being projected as just outside the top ten according to PFF, and one of the big ones that was really surprising the center, one of the best centers in the NFL, Rodney Hudson. uh, when the Raiders were just cleaning house for whatever reason, they decided to clean house. Uh, Rodney Hudson ended up there. And that's a guy that's a good athletic, just a, a, one of the best run-blocking centers in the game right now. So, I overall, I do agree. I don't think Chase Edmonds is the long-term answer. I don't, I don't think he's even, I think he's overvalued for 2021. I, I have no issue with him in 2021 because at this point, it, it's it's got to be him or James Conner. Like, I disagree. I
0: think it'd be a situation like how Clyde Worcellera at the first six games they didn't love it and they bring in a guy like LeVeon Bell or Todd Gurley. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, they're bringing all these other old guys in. Why not bring in Todd Gurley? It wouldn't surprise me to see Todd Gurley wearing an Arizona yard. They,
2: they, they but bring anybody they have, have that. Like this this team is predicated mostly on speed. Like that's the hard part is a lot of those old guys, that's the thing that they're missing the most is is the juice that they used to have. So I I mean, sure, they could ease they could potentially bring in somebody, but I think I think he's fine value, but it's going to be mostly a volume play. Like for I think 2021 20, only though.
0: Yes, and, but, yeah. but even if I I think I it's, think it's most Miles
2: it? Gaskin last year. It's you know it's it's a lot of those types of guys. Yes, they're not sexy, and yes, for dynasty you're not building around them. But if you're a contender, I'm fine with him being my RB three. What are the odds of James Conner getting hurt? Pretty high.
0: What are the odds of Chase Edmonds getting hurt? Pretty decent. Pretty decent. So I don't know where all the value is. You know what I mean? Like I don't. But that's the case with any running back. I but these are an upper echelon of odds of getting hurt. So I'm just I think the values there. I think you, I think you put a nice package together with Chase Edmonds and get a nice return
2: essentially. Yeah, if so, I'm you know, in the middle of the road yeah, but, a rebuilding team, absolutely. And I'm right selling. now, Cam Akers absolutely. is, a, is a, the Cam Akers
0: owner is a great person to approach who just lost their running back. Sure, you know they they might be feeling a little bit of heat, a little bit of desperation. Because Cam Akers went late, so he's most likely on a contender not right. a rebuilder. Or reloader. So I think it's a good person to approach. Maybe you can do hey, here's Chase Edmonds and my second for your 23 first. My second next year for your 23 first. I would be Some fine. on those here. lines. Because yep. what also worries me about Chase Edmonds is like where is
2: the scoring opportunity going to come from?
0: Right. Has, like, has he really been hurt that much though? After, if you look back at all the games where he was the man, right? And he played Because he
2: played all 16 last year and he played 13 the year before.
0: I don't no, not that he doesn't play but gets banged up. He's not as efficient. Is what oh, I'm okay. saying. Hence okay. where all those big, like you don't see a lot of consistent sure. big games because he's banged up. He, he's not, he's not as effective uh, throughout the year because he's getting, he's getting banged okay. up. And what really, what really hurts him is we're like, when you start getting the gold lining experience, he has, he's not valuable there whatsoever. I saw a stat, I think from Warren Sharp that said, um, he has no track record whatsoever inside the five. He's got one attempt in three years inside of five because, where do the odds come? It's Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray gets tons sure. of attempts in there. It's kind of like having He's Josh Allen. He's running around on a He's pass like, play. Yeah, and just, Having Josh Allen yep. inside the five, Cam Newton inside the five, like, uh-oh. And then you would bring in James Conner there anyway. So he, Chase Edmonds doesn't even offer, like, the goal line opportunity. He doesn't offer that red zone, like, upside as well.
2: But even if he just gets, you know, he had 53 receptions last year. Yep. But we're going to assume a few more opportunities this year with, you know, him more than likely being the main ball carrier. Yep. I think it's be
0: a he, I think it's be a 50/50 split with James Conner.
2: Okay, but then even if he's just the main pass catcher, yeah. That's James White. Yeah, that's back, you know, mid-range low-end running back two upside.
0: You need that on your fantasy contending team. I understand, but I think you could do I think you could do better. You could do better than a low-end RB2? Um uh, if he fit, that's just high end, I think this is upside. i I think this is upside. Like that's like I I think you would have a hard time
2: trading because cuz if I'll, bet you, a, up I'll you. bet
0: you a pickle right now that neither, nobody on Arizona finishes even as a rot, running back, too.
2: You're on. Pickle. Deal. I don't even like pickles. Especially, but that's
0: fine. Ba- I want a big, thick one. Like, <laughs> you know, like I need it. Like I need that pickle. You need that pickle? I love big, juicy pickles. <laughs> All, All right. right. There it is. Oh, the elf doesn't like it. Oh, <laughs> no. Calm down, elf.
2: You like pickles, too. Don't shake your head at me. Well, for me, if I were to go onto predictionstrike.com, I would be willing to invest a little bit in Chase Edmonds because I do think I do think he has some upside this season. I would sell him at the end of the year. I would sell that stock. But the fun part about Prediction Strike is as we get into the season, you can even go game by game where you think, you know what? This guy playing against a terrible run defense this week. And, of course, A.J. Green's hurt again. And so is Rondale Moore. They don't have anybody else to pass it to other than Nuke. So this could be the game. You could buy Chase Edmonds right before the game get that nice little uh, peak in investment value there, sell right after the game's over and get nice capital. That's what you can do at predictionstrike.com. You can also go on their app, which is one of my favorite things about Prediction Strike. You can buy, sell, and even hold shares of your favorite players. If you sign up with our promo code Dynasty, you receive ten dollars with your first deposit of twenty dollars or more. That's promo code Dynasty to receive ten free dollars with your first deposit of twenty dollars or more. Over at Prediction Strike,
1: make that money some. Prediction Chase Strike Edmonds is a dollar seventy-two right oh, now. Oh, see, I'm selling.
0: I'm selling. <laughs> Actually, I'll probably wait till like week one when he has like receptions. <laughs> there you uh, go. Then I'm selling. Well, yo, yo, yo hippies and humans, let me tell you about some of my friends too at realitysportsonline.com. What is realitysportsonline.com? It's a new way to play Dynasty Fantasy Football. It's not even new. It's just a different way that's been going on for a long time. It's auction Dynasty Fantasy Football. What is auction, you may ask? Get to realitysportsonline.com and go check it out. It's where you bid on players and you bid on contracts. It's free agency, multi-year contracts. You have rookie drafts, multi-team trades, franchise tags. Contract extensions, first-round rookie options, salary cap functionality, and so much more. And I know this all sounds like it's, it could be a little bit too complicated for you. It's really not, because the best thing about reality sports online fantasy front office is that it doesn't take any more time than a standard league. It just requires a little bit more strategy. And what do we love? We love the challenge. That's what we love at Dynasty, the challenge to manage the team. And if you think you're among the fancy elite well, this is the platform that you can go out there and test your metal. If you're not sure, you can test your general manager skills for free in a mock free agency auction. You get on their dr- site right now and mock draft for free in an auction website. And I know plenty of Dynasty Fantasy Football players that swear auction fantasy football is the only way to play. It's the best way to play where it takes a little bit more luck out of it and takes a little bit more skill into it because not only you you bidding on players value-wise, but length of the contract too. How long are you going to pay these guys? And hey, all of a sudden your guy gets hurt, he's out. Guess who's stuck with the bill? You are. Dang it. Get to Reality Sports Online right now. And right now with the promo code NERDS, you can get 10% off on your team or your entire league today. That's right. 10% off on your team or league today with the promo code NERDS. Fantasy just got real at RealitySportsOnline.com. I love it. You'll love it too. Let's continue on, shall we? San Francisco 49 Oh, we're going San Fran next. Day. Oh, I've been to San Francisco. I had Seattle. Yeah, oh, it's the only time in my entire life I saw a human shit and human shit, where a human actually defecated in front of me. It was disgusting. But I like the city. It's fun. It was, <laughs> was kind of interesting. I was literally first like fifteen minutes I was in San Francisco.
2: Is it as hilly as it's portrayed?
0: On- it's very yeah. Yeah, very hilly. Okay. It's the hilliest place I've ever been to. I mean, Jack and Joe would love it. They would absolutely love this place. So let's talk about their depth chart. At quarterback, we got Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey right Lance, now. the future, Josh Rosen. That's right, Josh Rosen's still here. Chosen Rosen. Oh, running back Raheem Mostert, Trey Sermon, who they trade up in the third round to acquire, Wayne Gallman, Elijah Mitchell, who they took in the sixth round, Jeff Wilson, who has a torn meniscus and probably won't just start the season right away, and Jamichael Hasty. Rich, why are you talking about so many running backs? Because who knows getting all the carries because they use a of them ton of them. Be They're relevant. all getting carries. <laughs> At wide receiver, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Mohammed Sanu, Richie James, Jalen Hurd, and our guy, Austin Watkins. Hope he makes the team. Tight end, George Kittle, Ross Dwelley, Nicole Pruitt. So, you know, a lot of guys um, missed a majority of the year last year for the San Francisco 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo missed 10 games. Deebo Samuel missed nine games. George Kittle missed eight games. Raheem Mostert missed eight games. So a lot of their fantasy their football, core, yeah, out they just missed games. I mean, they didn't even that core. Jimmy Garoppolo and his three core receivers only played two games together last year, which isn't crazy. And was it,
2: it the first two games?
0: <laughs> um, no, it wasn't the first. Two oh, wasn't? It? No, it was like later in the year. Okay, and I think, and there was one of the games where like Jimmy, I think I remember. Uh, Jimmy, like, started the game. It was, oh, right after he got hurt, he came back, and he played so bad they pulled him at halftime because I think his, like, him. ankle That's wasn't right. right or something along those lines. But, of course, the big news here at quarterback is they gave up two future firsts to move up the number two from, I think, what was it what was at 12, somewhere around there, the draft Trey remember. Lance. And this is going to be the first mobile quarterback that he's had at Kyle Shanahan since RG3. Uh, remember, he had RG3 his rookie year, made him his rookie of the year <sighs> over a guy like Andrew Luck. And, Andrew, and Trey Lance can run the ball. And this is a guy who averaged 7.9 yards per carry in college. Now, not a lot of tape on Trey Lance. He only pretty much played a year.
2: Yeah, he only had that single season. But he didn't throw a single interception that entire season. He looked fantastic. And the tough part is, yes, it's it's against lower competition. Two years ago. Two years ago. But you have to scout the player and not necessarily the situation. And I think that's what the San Francisco 49ers did. They said, look... This guy has all of the tools that we need to develop into a great quarterback. Now, will it all pan out? Odds are a couple of these first-round quarterbacks won't end up panning out. Traditionally, even if you have two, three, four, five quarterbacks in the first round, there's one or two that don't hit. Is there a chance Trey Trey Lance could be that guy? Sure. Highest odds, for sure. Uh, I'd say Mac Jones. Uh, I forgot, he doesn't
0: even count. <laughs> i that jones does count i think of like because i really do i like i think i like Troy lances upside i love trevor lawrence i like justin fields and i love zach wilson so i think it'd be one like that eli manning draft where they're all kind of nice but
2: go on I, I definitely think that could be the case but when we talked about the rushing upside of of kyler murray when we talked about the rushing upside of lamar jackson like he could end up being in the echelon but he's built more similar to cam newton He's built more. I mean, he was being scouted out of high school to play defensive positions. We're talking safety and linebacker and positions like that could have been
0: WWE superstar.
2: He really could have. So I think the upside with Trey Lance is there, but there's obvious risk involved with any of these rookie quarterbacks. And it came out today that said, there's not any quarterback controversy to start the year. It it's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo to start the year. Now, how long is that the case? I don't know, Trey Lance hasn't even signed his contract yet. So that's true. That's a good point. Uh, I do think that's going to be an interesting development because this reminds me a little bit, and and I can't take full credit for this. I was listening to the Athletic Podcast, as I mentioned earlier, and they made this comparison, and I think, it's a, I think it's a really good one. They compared it to when Patrick Mahomes was drafted by the Chiefs, where it's a good football team, and you have a quarterback in place that is good enough to get you Ws to a Super Bowl, to a Super Bowl. Well, Alex Smith didn't get the Chiefs to the Super Bowl. Jimmy Garoppolo did. But Jimmy Garoppolo got this team to the Super Bowl. Absolutely. So, And Alex Smith ended up playing basically that entire year, and Patrick Mahomes just kind of had to sit and wait. That very well could be the case because this defense alone could put this team in contention, and it could just be a situation where we need a guy to manage the game. That's all we need. Jimmy G. So there could actually be some sneaky uh, quarterback value in Jimmy Garoppolo this year in Superflex Leagues. The tough part is if if he were to be benched, chances are it would be later on in the season when you're going to need him. So that's the difficult part with all of it. But there's definitely some sneaky value there. And I don't hate Jimmy Garoppolo just from a a depth standpoint. But obviously, the future is going to be Trey Lance.
0: Yeah, 100%. And he's he's such a high upside player in super flex leagues. Uh, what week does he start?
2: What's his what's his first start?
0: I think the 49ers stay in if they stay healthy contention It's Assuming enough, Jimmy G's healthy. Then I think they stay in contention enough that he doesn't play. He doesn't play until they're
2: out of it. Yeah, I think that's the case as well. And, and, and he doesn't
0: need he needs to sit. Like he needs to sit and learn NFL offense. This is like, gonna be
2: a very competitive division too. We haven't gotten to the Seahawks yet, but you could make an argument for any one of these four teams winning the division.
0: You mentioned their defense is really good. They have some really good offensive weapons at receiver. They have Debo Samuel. They have Brandon Ayuk out there as well. Ayuk last year finished the year as wide receiver 35 in 12 games. And he averaged 15 point 15.4 point, points per game, which was eighteenth best amongst all wide receivers. He had sixty receptions for seven hundred and forty-eight yards and five touchdowns. My biggest, my my only I like Ayuk. I thought he showed me enough last year. My only concern is like when Kittle was on the field and Debo on the sa- the field, like it wasn't the same. Like His targets weren't. As- Obviously, George Kittle is the number one right. guy there. The offense runs through George Kittle, hands down. Um, but Debo Samuel, to me, is my favorite value on the San Francisco 49ers. Maybe George Kittle seen a dip in value a little bit, and he's the best value there. But I,
2: I don't know if that's really true. I remember having a debate with Matt probably a month and a half ago or so, and it was about this situation where – you know, we we have uh, George Kittle on the field, we have Brandon Ayuk on the field, and we have Debo Samuel on the field. This team is going to continue to run the football. It doesn't matter who's back there. They're going to hand it to whoever line. It It could be Kyle check that week for all we know. Like, they're going to hand the ball to somebody for a bulk of the game. And so that's the part that scares me. I don't think there's a world where Debo and Brandon Ayuk in the same season with George Kittle, all three being healthy. I don't think there's a scenario where they can both be top 30 wide receivers. I just don't think it's possible.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're probably. Like, I think Ayuk still flirts with right around like wide receiver 35 where he is. I like got maybe a little bit higher. It could be a wide receiver three right on there. I, what, what interests me about Debo and why I like Debo a, a ton is, I loved him coming out, right? Now, obviously, he had that foot injury, the Jones fracture. Um, and he had actually had off-season surgery on it. Then he came back. He had a hamstring injury last year. Played in just seven games. He had 33 carries, 33 receptions for 391 yards and one touchdowns. But if you go back to 2019, when Debo came out as a rookie, a guy who we liked a lot on this podcast, we talked yeah, up. Yeah, absolutely. Gave to, gave to pretty much a late first-round grade, two in your rookie draft. 57 receptions, 802 yards, three touchdowns. And he rushed the ball for 159 yards and three touchdowns. And what I love about him and how he's used is he's such a weapon with the ball in his hands. We had to remember Debo Samuel, when he gets the ball in his hands, becomes pretty much like a running back. And This is a guy who breaks tons of tackles at the next level. When you get him in open field, he breaks tackles. And Ayuk's a real smooth, nice receiver, shifty, but I think Debo Samuel is a weapon on the field. And I think when it comes to receiver standpoint, I think he's where the value is. Ayuk saw his value shut up. I think it's a little bit inflated because you're talking about a guy where people are like, oh, he's now the number one guy. It's not. It's George Kittle. Even then, like he wasn't, he didn't break out like he's Justin Jefferson, wide receiver six. He was wide receiver thirty five. Yeah. I mean, and I know they had a ton of injuries there, even at quarterback. And the quarterbacks throwing the ball there. Mine's with my uncle Jeb from Wyoming. I don't have an uncle Jeb in Wyoming, but I did. I, I really wanted Jeb. you to. So to me, I think his value slightly overrated, and I think Debo Samuel slightly underrated.
2: Let me ask you. So the one concern I would, other than the injuries, because he's been injured basically forever. He's college, pros. He's always been injured. Yeah. But are you concerned about the, the league low two point three a dot last year because it was drastically lower than anybody else in the league? Now I get that a lot you of that is the intentional. Ball. They're throwing it close to the line of scrimmage. Yeah. But we've seen a positive correlation to higher a dot guys having better fantasy production.
0: Yeah, I think that
2: uh, we could be arguing
0: the same point about Robert Woods and Cooper Cup how their a was so bad because they're they're they were a victim of their circumstances.
2: But it's probably going to be the same circumstances this year.
0: Uh, I think Jimmy Garoppolo will throw the ball a little bit farther than those other Turner Ferguson's out there last year. (laughs) So to me, um, I I just... And the thing is, I think that that more worries me about a guy like Brandon Ayuk more than does Debo because Debo's so electric with the ball in his hands. He'll make stuff happen afterwards. Like, I like... Debo more with the ball in his hands, hence going back to where I think that's where the value is, and I think dude, you can scoop Debo Samuel up for some pretty good for value sure. because he was hurt last year, so his dynasty value is a little bit more suppressed than I think it needs to be. Um, I'm still a big Debo fan going to his third year, which is a great year for all fantasy football players to take a big step forward uh, with the upside of Trey Lance coming in too. So I think I'm I'm more worried about injuries than anything else sure. with Debo Samuel. And I still think that's where the value is if you're looking for a receiver, is not Brendan Ayuk. I like Ayuk. I think it's good value. And if you're going to start up right around like round six, seven, right around there, I think it's a good shot sure. to take on him. But at the same time, you can wait to round nine and get a guy like Debo Samuel.
2: If you had to pick one running back right now, which, which one are you drafting first?
0: Uh, I'm taking Trey Sermon.
2: You're taking first. him over Mostert?
0: Well, Mostert's 28 years, 29 years old. Mostert's a guy who's never had more than. Um, hundred and like, what was it, like 150 carries or touches in a year. Like he's never, he's never healthy. I mean, this guy literally is never healthy. Uh Jeff Wilson had a torn meniscus. He's likely not, not the massive start of the season. And he led the team in carries last year with 126. He had 600 yards. He led the team in carries. So for me, I really think it's going to be a mostert sermon split, but I got to take the guy who the team traded up for in the third round in Trey sermon. And listen, I think Trey Sermon's a nice prospect. I would take Michael Carter over him in a rookie draft. I have I taken too. Michael Carter over him in a rookie draft because what worries me most about Sermon is I like him on the outside, I like him in open field, but I don't like the way he can create for himself, uh, for the most part of it. Sure. We talked about that during his rookie breakdown. Like okay. he's he does offer some really good upside in a Kyle Shannon offense. Uh any running back does. So I think he's a little bit overblown just because the fact I think that people are like, it's gonna be the Trey Sermon offense. Raheem Mostert, when he's on the field, I mean the dude's extremely effective.
2: The problem is he's just never on the field. He's always hurt. Well, and that's the pro- that's been the problem with Trey Sermon as well. I the mean concern. he's been, he's been banged up. He was banged up at OU. He was banged up right before coming to Ohio State, and he had to miss you know the last game and basically two games due to injury as well at Ohio State. So it, that that is a major concern for me as well. It I I think I would rather sell. High right now on sermon, yeah. Than any that than any of these running backs that are that are the rookie running backs in this class, because there's there's just too many unknowns between the landing spot. His own production has been roller coastery, and his injury history has been roller coaster. So it there's just too many variables in all of this. As much as I love Shanahan, as much as I love the system, we haven't seen one player be significant. For an entire season. Basically. Devontae Freeman. Tevin Coleman. That would be the last time. In Atlanta. Atlanta.
0: Yep. Like six years. Seven years ago. Somewhere around like, yeah, around Like six years ago. Somewhere yep. around there. Um, where they're both like running back ones there for a time. Who, they, same thing. They could stay. Tevin Coleman couldn't stay healthy there. You're right. It's been a hodgepodge. Right? It's been a potpourri kind of backfield. And, and,
2: and the uh, the counter argument could be. Well they haven't had a running back like Trey Sermon yet. I think if they were getting that guy. They're, they're taking Javante in the second, or they're taking Najee in the first, or they're, take, yeah. you know, they're taking one of those guys. They're not taking... Actually, Travis Etienne would have been my favorite to go there. Oh, no, I would perfect. have loved for him to be in that offense. But High offside,
0: a guy who, you know, highly recruited, went to Oklahoma, had a great year. Then what do you happen? He gets banged up. Goes to Ohio State, comes into Ohio State, banged up, losing carries to Master Teague. Second half of the season comes out, Gang dominates. Busters. Has the biggest rushing game in Ohio State history in the playoffs. Playoffs? So... He does offer a great upside and it could, it could come back to it be a trade, little, little burps McGurps. Um, it could be one of those situations where like you rue that trade. Right. But I think there's. I would rather be on the side of, Hey, give me a 23 first. I'll give you Trey sermon. Yeah. Hey, Hey, ch- Hey, Hey, Cam makers owner. I thinks it's makers. Well, I don't know. That Russian dude came back after three months. on his Achilles injury. I was what? watching that. I was watching that dude in awe last night. Um, I would take, yeah, I would see, I would immediately draft Trey Sermon in the high second and trade him for 23 first if I had him.
2: I'd be totally fine with that.
0: Um, and then going back to George Kittle before we move on real quick. Stud. Still my tight end one, right? Overall. Yep, minus two. In Dynasty. This is, this is what I want to say to anybody who thinks there's any depletion in George Kittle's value. George Kittle had played in eight games last year. Eight games. That's it. Half the season. Half the season. Here's a stat line 48 receptions. 634 yards, and two touchdowns.
2: That is gross.
0: That's gross. In eight games, that is gross. He's gross. And he
2: left some of those games early yeah. with injury. The the offense runs through George Kittle. He's Still
0: tight end one. If there's any depletion of value, bye, bye, bye. Last team in the NFC West. Let's then sync it up and then get out of here. All right. Seattle Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson, Geno Smith, Danny Etlin. At running back, Chris Carson, Rashad Penny, DJ Dallas, Yay! and Travis Homer. At wide receiver, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, who's just now uh, blessed with a brand new, new contract, contract yeah. extension. Dwayne Eskridge, who they took in the second round at 5'9", 190 pounds, but runs a 4.38. Obviously, this team's doing something what they want to do. We kind of talked about earlier. Speed, yep. speed, speed on yep. the outside. Um, Freddie Swain, Penny Hart, Darvin Kinsey, nothing, nothing there. Uh, Tight end, they signed Gerald Everett. They have Will Disley and Kobe Parkinson. And this is a team that really has an old line that's no good. It's it's part of Russell Wilson's problem. The only player they added is is a guard, Gabe Jackson from the Raiders, who's just okay um, so hopefully the middle's a little bit better because their tackles are pretty solid there. Yeah,
2: Dwayne Brown's pretty good.
0: Brian Schonheimer is out at OC, and now they're bringing Shane Waldron as OC, who was the Rams uh, passing game coordinator the past three years and was actually the tight end coach when they signed Gerald Everett. Um, so when we look at Russell Wilson, who's another high-end dynasty quarterback who I have no shares, I never have, weeks one through nine last year was an MVP candidate, right? People are talking about Russell Wilson like he's he's to go. Weeks 1 through 9, Russell Wilson was quarterback 3 overall. And then, like Pete Carroll always does the second half of the season, he starts to get away from the pass and starts to run the ball more. Weeks 10 through 17, Russell Wilson was QB 12 overall. So still a QB 1, not as bad as the Kyler Murray stats here, but he didn't fall back as, as far either. As they started to run the ball a little bit more. And, you know what I mean? This is somebody that, even at QB twelve, he was within six points of the next three. So Russell Wilson easily, because that's second like half been quarterback 16. Sure. Baker had one point difference. That's it. Less one point difference than Russell. And the other ones were Phillip Rivers and Cam Newton. So what do you think about Russell Wilson as a dynasty quarterback? He has DK Metcalf. They like lock, lock up Tyler Lockett. And now they bring up Dwayne Eskridge, who, even though Dwayne Eskridge played the slot in college, that's Tyler Lockett's role. They signed an extension. Sure. He's gonna be the outside. So you know, for a team that says we want to run the ball more, they have a lot of speed on the outside. What do you think about Russell Wilson here as a dynasty quarterback? Where do you view him? Is he right around that six-seven range?
2: Right, right around there. He's he's really interesting because you, you mentioned the stats fell off over the second half of the season. Then all we hear all off season is we we have to run the football more. That's all we've heard from Pete Carroll is that we have to run the football more. But all of that being said, that's been their mo basically Russell Wilson's entire career for the most part, Russell Wilson's worst season since his sophomore campaign, worst season, QB 11. Yeah. That's his absolute worst, and he's had several top three finishes as well as number one overall quarterback. So even on teams that are run first teams, he can still make it happen. He's still Daniel's a prime example. Exactly. He's He's a fantastic player, and he's incredibly, incredibly efficient with the football. If this line takes a step forward at all, which was one of his biggest Achilles heels over the course of the season was just poor offensive line play. He he could easily have another top 5 finish despite it not making sense on paper, not having the number of attempts, not having he still is able to be that efficient with the football and make enough plays for it to still happen. So, I think it's actually gone to the point where he was kind of overrated for a little bit and be, underrated. And now he's kind of almost underrated because the narrative, the feeling, the everything around Russell is kind of like, oh, it's a run first team. He's getting older. I don't uh and you should be efficient about that too. But like f efficient.
0: like efficient. 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 Oh, oh, it sounds another bad word. Efficient. If you said it like that, Efficient, but you kind of sound out different. It's kind of like you're saying some naughty stuff. Don't be naughty. Yeah,
2: this is this is the, this is the Nerd Hurt episode. I'm going to say it out loud. You will. Uh, so I'm actually, I've gone from being the guy that with you, I didn't have any shares. And in two startups this year, I actually took Russell Wilson. And it was kind of surprising. And I ended up, where he becomes a value is he gets questioned right around the, do you want him or do you want Lamar Jackson? Do you want him? Do you want Joe Burrow? you want him like that's kind yeah. of the range that he's in and so i ended up going with him over lamar super safe it's super safe and you know joe him and joe burrows really tough i, I I don't know, that like I don't know where I would go with him, but that's kind of the Trevor Lawrence. Do you want him or Trevor Lawrence? Oh, Trevor Lawrence. Do you so want uh, you know
0: Superflex? I'm still taking. I got I gotta go for the goatness. You know what I mean? I gotta yeah. take the hot. Like when it, when a player like that's on the board, like you gotta take the risk. You gotta go for that True. biscuit. You know what I mean? You're right. Russell Wilson's probably the most value undervalued
2: Superflex quarterbacks
0: because he's in safe. St- I think more so in a startup, not in like trade.
2: Oh, sure. You're gonna still have to pay. A stupid amount, Mujo, but yeah. he he falls to the second round in a yeah. lot of Superflex. In a starts. startup,
0: Russell Wilson, I hate this. I don't hate to say it, but like he's probably the best value in his Dynasty Superflex startup. Hey, yep. let's start his Dynasty Superflex startup. <laughs> Not you guys. Yeah, I Not can't guys. be in it. <laughs> Not if you listen to the show, so don't tweet at me. I'll find some guys. We'll find some random people that don't to Hey, listen you listen to my show. podcast?
2: No? You want to do a starting... Hey.
0: Reflect, start... I, I can't even say the words.
2: I'm going to um, take the 1-8 and make sure that I get Russell Wilson in a second. So,
0: I mean, we mentioned Eskridge comes in. I mean, Eskridge is locked in right now as a number three receiver because they don't have anybody else there, essentially. They really don't. So, I mean, he's going to replace David Moore. David Moore saw 47 targets last year. Um, but, so he, he could probably look at that role because he said Tyler Lockett's going to be playing the slot... But they had the speed outside, and they mentioned Tyler Lockett. They signed him up to a big new deal, and he's coming off a 132 target, 100 reception season with 1,054 yards with 10 touchdowns. Now, to be fair, he scored six of those touchdowns in like two games, so those numbers are very hit miss. That middle of the season was like a cavern. So he finished as wide receiver 19 in PPR, and he's just been a really. What's nice about Tyler Lockett is. You know he's he's a roller coaster player. He's been a consistent wide receiver too for 3 years straight. Yeah. Just finishing in there year in year out. DK Metcalf obviously finishes a top 5 player uh at wide receiver and with Russell Wilson even though they say they want to run the ball more, you know, with this new offensive coordinator too, I still think they're going to throw the ball early. And I think DK Metcalf is still going to be a top 8 fantasy football wide receiver.
2: It's, it's tough to imagine that he isn't. He's just such a physical specimen. And we've seen over the past two years him just beat up on a lot of these smaller corners or you know, guys think that they can run with him and they just can't. He's just so fast. So there's only a few players in the league that can really play with him. Jalen Ramsey in his division is one of them. Those are fun matchups to see the two of them go head-to-head. Uh, but overall, he's he's going to have another monster year. He's locked and loaded for a top 10, top 8 type of season at wide receiver. Lock Lockett's the toughest one because you're right. Year in and year out, the numbers end up being there. But it's so hard to start him because you don't know which week it is.
0: That's why you gotta start him every week. That's why he's a frustrating player. But he like is. he's gonna he's give you tough. he's gonna single handedly win you. I game feel great
2: if he's my wide receiver three. three. Oh I'm terrified yeah, of he's yeah. my wide receiver. If you're two. a championship caliber team and Tyler Lockett's your wide receiver two, you're not a championship
0: team. You're not team. really a championship caliber team. Like He's got to be your wide receiver three. Every team and hopefully I, four.
2: Hopefully he's in the flex. And, every team
0: I own Lockett in, he's my wide receiver three. Yeah. And I mean, this is a player that we were talking about trading for a couple of years ago. That's yeah. how I got a lot of my Lockett shares for, um, there. But I think, talking about the receivers, it's pretty set. Yep. DK, Lockett, Eskridge. They bring Gerald Everton. Uh, the, the Seahawks have shown success at times with the uh, sure. tight end position. A guy
2: like Will Disley last year stood off super hot before he got Dude, hurt. I, I kind of, this is embarrassing to say, but I kind of forgot about Will Disley. Are we worried at all that Will Disley cuts into Gerald Everett's value? Why are you dissing Disley? I, I'm not trying to diss him. I just, I, I, I forgot him. Oh, what is he, Being Dre? very forgetful.
0: Dr. Dre out here. Yeah.
2: you getting about him? Don't forget Ugh. about Dre. Yeah, Lee. I don't know.
0: I, I'm sure he does cut up into a little bit. But, I mean, it's a team could run a little bit more 12 personnel probably because most of the NFL is doing to try sure. to find success. So him and him and Everett could be on a field, which obviously they, they hurt each other. But Dil- Disney does cut into that Everett hyper a little bit because when Disley's does. on the field, and he's still super young. He's only like 26 years old. He produces. He's a he good does. athlete. He's
2: been, he's been very good. So that I, I did forget about him, which I, I'm – it's making me a little bit more nervous for Gerald Everett in in like redraft leagues. In in Dynasty, his values, it is what it is. Tyler Higbee's the value
0: ever just he's just a guy. You could do better yep. at tight end. And uh, then as, obviously at running back, they have your guy uh, in DJ Dallas. He's yeah, worth absolutely do. nothing whatsoever. Chris Carson is the value here. Uh, a guy who averaged five-point yards per carry last year and three receptions a game. They, they do you have Rashad Penny coming back after his ACL tear? I can't even look at him right That's now. That's fine. That's fine. I don't need I'm you. Dying over I'll, talk, here. I'll talk to my L. Uh Penny who tore his ACL last year, but he averaged five point seven yards per carry in twenty nineteen. So he's somebody who's a former first round pick who they're not picking up a fifth year option on. So it's gonna be Rashad Penny, Chris Carson show. Uh Travis Homer, he can go home. All right, so what analysis, week what week okay. are both those guys injured? Uh Chris Carson's injured week seven. Okay. And Rashad Penny then picks up the uh, slacking. He's a league winner. Pe-
2: Penny's the league winner, unless
0: unless Carson comes back. Carson's, a, I think Carson's a really Carson's lock him in as a running back too. He's a really good value he's, for contender. He's very underrated. So he could buy, hopefully, could buy him for a second round pick. P- and here's here's what
2: I'll him. say: DJ Dallas is still at least interesting. I agree. He's oh! ne- he's never going to be stop. You stop it, Jerry. You stop uh, clevering. Listen,
1: it's the Alex Collins show.
0: After
2: oh. That. Pfft. Here's the, th- here's, here's why he's interesting. Is the elf think He is still, valuable? he is still the best receiving running back on this team. Is he not? Name, name one player on the team with better hands than DJ Dallas. Chris Carson's got pretty good hands. No. Get out of he's here efficient. with that. He's efficient. Get, he's not better. He not is
0: not b- better. So that's why I'm saying better chance to catch the ball though, which is even better than having better hands.
2: All I'm saying is,
0: listen, I have better hands than Jordan Howard. Who's got the better opportunity to score more <laughs> fantasy points. Do you have better hands than Jordan Howard? Oh, yeah, uh, dude, this elf over here is made of, I, well, I don't know what it's made of, it's got better hands than Jordan <laughs> Howard.
2: All I'm saying is, I, I'm not throwing him away. I'm not cutting DJ Dallas on my teams. If I have Chris Carson, I would still like to have you DJ, have DJ him Dallas. Away, he just falls by the wayside. I'm not doing it. I'm just, listen, again, DJ
0: Dallas, great guy. Did don't our show. About him. Big fan. I just think for not fantasy football, uh, not a lot of upside there. That's all. Solid, and hey, Fine. love to have D.J. Dallas on my NFL roster as my running back no. three, and, but and, for fantasy football opportunities, I mean, he's he's literally droppable off your roster. No, he's not. Yes, he is. No.
1: I think you stash him on your
2: yes, you absolutely stash squad him still. With two oh, yeah, yeah, the taxi squad still, yeah. yeah, On, yeah, on teams on <laughs> teams that have the two running backs he's ahead of him anymore, have been injured every single season. I'm absolutely still holding on to him. Only if you drafted him, though, right, Rich? Only if you drafted him, and I did.
0: That's it. Let's get to the nerd
2: herd and uh, right. talk about the... AFC West. Wild out there. Adios. Oh, that didn't feel right. (laughs) Adios.